Good afternoon, and welcome to Rise and Shine, not just for mornings anymore. Do you want to help make the world a better place but don't know where to start? Join us as we explore the possibilities on today's show with inspiring guests, uplifting music, and new ideas. So, let's get started. Here are your hosts, Lori Ann Rising and Uncle Mark Olmstead. Welcome to Rise and Shine, not just for mornings anymore. I'm your host, Uncle Mark Olmstead. And I'm Lorianne Rising. You know, we've all had a gut reaction to something, right? Or a moment when we were thinking about someone just before they called. Yet, most of us wouldn't call ourselves psychic. Well, today, we'll be exploring what it really means to actually be psychic. We're excited to welcome Kelly McCarville to our Rise and Shine family this week. Kelly is a paranormal investigator and a psychic medium. As a psychic growing up in a haunted house, Kelly was exposed to both the metaphysical and paranormal world most of her life. She has spent more than 20 years fine-tuning her abilities and has been a paranormal investigator for over 15 years, going into family homes, public locations, and commercial buildings. Welcome, Welcome Kelly. Kelly. We're excited you're here. Oh, thank you. What a great time of year to be, to be having here. a conversation like this. I mean, this is so right? perfect. Just getting done with Halloween. Very appropriate. You know, <laughs> absolutely. So, so I, I, I have to just kind of start off with the idea. I mean, it, it's just after Halloween. There's All Hallows Eve, Day of the Dead, all of these things that celebrate, well, ancestors and you know, kind of the thinning of the veil. And I'm curious for you, is this a special time of year? Do you notice a difference? Like, is it, you know, I'm just, I'm really curious. Um, very honestly, as far as like the activity that we have at a, loca- at a location or spirits speaking to me, I don't really see a huge increase, but there is a slight increase or maybe more so an awareness because it's the season that it's allowable for people to share their ghost stories and for people to say, Oh, I think I saw my uncle once or so people talk about it more. It's a little more acceptable and it puts that energy out there. Mm -hmm. And the more energy there is, the more spirit response that you're going to get. So, yeah, I mean, a little bit of an increase, but I don't know technically that it has a lot to do with, Halloween season, but okay, that's that's um, good to know. This that doesn't good. mean that it's not my favorite holiday ever. <laughs> well, and, or, or and my favorite movie is is Coco. No, yeah. you, are you familiar yes. with that yep. one? Yeah, that's a cute. Isn't show. that yeah. the greatest show? And oh man, and the way they use yeah. the, the the their finger playing on the guitar and stuff, as well as the, it, it's just mm-hmm. awesome. I, if you haven't seen the movie, Coco, go yeah. Anyway. Oh, definitely. But we have to really start off with the other most important question that I'm sure you're used to to answering, so I won't feel too out of place in asking. So how do you tell the difference between a true psychic and someone who is, say, pretending to be? So it's not always easy, and that's unfortunate. Um, You know, I'm a firm believer that everybody is born with a certain level of intuition, So everybody has a little bit of knowledge, um, you know, some gut feelings that, uh, man, I think I should call my best friend. And then the phone rings and your best friend's on the phone. So everybody has a little Mm -hmm. bit there, but um, 
in my opinion, and everything that I'm going to share with you guys is going to be my opinion, what my truth is. I'm sure. no experts. There's sure. no experts in this field, you know, but <laughs> in, in my opinion, I think it's that the person genuinely cares and it's not ego driven. I, I'm not doing this for the recognition. I'm not doing this so I can walk around feeling good about myself. Of, oh, look at all these people I've helped. You know, this is so other people can have the messages and make those connections. I'm just the monkey in the middle, you know? Um, and, and I think that that has a lot to do with it. And the other part of it is, and this is why I hate when I'm doing readings and I get like really general statements. If everything they're telling you is a generality, then you got to take it with a grain of salt. You know, mm-hmm. if, if I can look at somebody who's in their eighties and say, well, your mother's passed. Well, that's, a pretty safe bet, you know? Um, But if I can say, you know, your mother's standing here in front of me, she was five foot four. She had dark hair when she was young, but later in life she wore it short and it was curly and she always wore these little green earrings, you know, that's a whole Mm. lot more detailed. So um, not saying that we can always get every detail, but I don't know. That's just my opinion. The other thing that I tell people, because I actually host expos, I host a, um, myself and my mom actually host what's called the Psychic and Paranormal Expos throughout Iowa. And we'll have people ask us, how do we pick who to go to? Mm-hmm. And I'll tell people, walk around the fair. You know, we have anywhere from 50 to 70 vendors at these events. Walk around the event, say hi to people, make eye contact with them. What does it feel like? Did you connect with the person? Or when you look at them, do you kind of go, they're not the one, you know, Mm -hmm. that's okay to look at somebody and say, Hey, I'm sure you're great, but you're not the person to read for me, you know? Mm -hmm. So, um, it's, it's a connection thing. That is really, no, that, that is actually really, really helpful to, because part of it is directing somebody back to their own intuition and that gut feeling to trust that. And so it winds up being a two-way street, which I really love. And so I'm, you know, for our, our listeners' sake and even, you know, for our own sake, can you describe a little bit more about what your specific abilities are? Because my understanding is different sure. things show up for different people in different ways. And so what, what's true for you? Yeah, absolutely. So um, I kind of always refer to myself lovingly as a mutt. I have a little <laughs> bit of a lot of things. Um, but my primary ability, um, I am most definitely an empath, um, which a lot of people are. So I kind of push that to the back burner that everybody's an empath. Um, how but my do, primary how do you, ability is called. And sorry, how do you describe what, what is an empath specifically? What is your definition of empath? So to me, an empath is somebody who is able to pick up the, the feelings, whether they be um, physical or mental or spiritual from somebody and they're, they're obviously not yours. And those, those feelings can actually affect you. So, I mean, if I'm around someone who is having knee pain, for example, my knee starts hurting. Um, or I, I always tell people, I actually ran some tours this weekend and I was telling people I'd be sitting in a class taking a math test, for example, and all of a sudden I burst into tears for no reason. Well, that's not me. I was picking up somebody else's feelings. So, um, so the empath is there, but it's not the primary of what I use. Um, my primary ability in my opinion is called claircognizance. 
It simply means I know things. Um, it can be past, present, future things. It's just I get details about things like I'm remembering something or somebody told me a story that I'm repeating, but it, it's information that I shouldn't know. Mm-hmm. Um, on top of that, then, I'm also a medium, so I'm able to connect with people who have passed away. Dang. See, I've had a, a reading with a uh, medium psychic. I, I don't know who, what, what, what it's where I, I was okay. introduced to my spirit guides. Okay, yeah. And the three uh, people accompanying me, apparently. Sure. Yep. And so is that something you do too? I mean, is that the kind of things that... It's kind of. So when I'm reading for someone, I, I do connect with their spirit guide. Part of part of who's sharing the messages with me is their spirit guide. My spirit guides help them kind of filter the messages. Um, because usually, I mean, the, the best way that I found to kind of explain how it works is when I start to read for someone, it's like I'm in a room full of people who are talking. Mm. And you know how you can listen to any one conversation, but eventually your head starts trying yeah, to listen? Uh, I would think. She kind of filters it for me. So she helps like, take some of the background noise out but it'll be my spirit guide their spirit guide spirit um yep Yep. so it's kind of combination of i have on occasion helped people say hey this is your spirit guide this this is what they are kind of who they are kind of their personalities it's uh, i wouldn't by any means say that it's something that i'm great at um i can do it but I try not to go around and promote myself as, ooh, look at me, I can do this. If it's not something that I'm mm-hmm. super comfortable doing or mm-hmm. that comes to me as easily as some other things. I don't know how to explain mm-hmm. it other than that. It's yeah. um, it, yeah, it's kind of like the past life readings. I can do them and mm-hmm. I have fun doing them. They're a blast. But it's so often people come and they sit down and they want to hear about this particular life. And if that's not the life that I get, I'm going to tell them about that one. And then they get unhappy. And mm-hmm. so I kind of shy away from those two. So. Yeah. I was just blown away. My first experience was like the, the first guy that just was chomping at the bit. To the, the woman was saying, it's like, okay, I, I have to let this, this mm-hmm. guy through. He's calling himself Miguel. He has something that he most urgently wants to tell you and ask you. Uh, and so his, his question is, when are you going to get on with your music? Mm-hmm. And it was like, she didn't yep. know me from Adam. And yeah. I've been postponing and putting off working on my CD, the, my first CD for ever. And I knew that it had to be done. I knew that I wanted to do it, but she didn't know that. This is per- I'd never met this woman before. Yeah. And here's, she's telling her, you know, or my, my, my spirit guides are telling me, you know, asking me, this and it was from that moment it was like okay then and and probably what happened is miguel had been trying to tell you for the longest time and you weren't hearing him and he finally saw his opportunity and he took it you know oh absolutely and he's probably still screaming at you oh absolutely (laughs) yeah i I pissed him off again (laughs) sorry you know, the funny thing is our spirit guides are so often they have a type of personality that is exactly what we need 
Um, mm-hmm. So some people's spirits guides are so like, oh, well, it would be great if you yeah. could, you know, and mine's like, listen here, bitch, you need to go do this. Because yeah. if she doesn't <laughs> talk to me that way, I'm not going to listen to her, you know, if nope. I, I, she has to be snarky, she has to be mean, and she's got a wicked sense of humor, which I love. But if she was this passive person, I'd be like, yeah, okay, sure. And I would totally ignore her. So she gets in my face and she needs to, and that's okay. But well, well, somebody needs to, to grab Mark by the shoulders, I think. And, you know, uh, hey, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. massage them first. <laughs> oh, I got to earn that one, though. Anyway, so yeah. lottery numbers. Unfortunately, of- no. <laughs> oh. I'm looking for that psychic, you know, that that's, yeah. Me too. But, but yeah. Um, I, I, everybody asks that question. Well, you can know the lottery numbers. I'm okay. like, do you really think I'd be living in my house that I live in and drive the car I do if I could win the lottery? Come on now, people. No, you know, they, this yeah, is a no, gift. It's not that type of gift. We're not supposed to use this for our own personal gain. Hmm. That That's not to say that we don't, charge for readings or that we don't um, see some benefits of it. Don't get me wrong, but it's not to, it's not to do things like mm-hmm. in the lottery. That's just not the point. Well, it, it sounds to me like there's a difference between sharing your gift in a way that it becomes sustainable and you can ex- expand it and serve others versus using it in a way to be selfishly grabbing power in the world so to speak so and that's exactly it yeah and and that's the thing is i you know you'll hear some people out there who say oh you shouldn't charge for a reading okay hang on a minute i may be five states away from home i had to drive here or fly here i don't fly very often but i had to drive here i have hotel expenses there was a cost to be at the show i'm not looking to get rich i'm looking to not lose money you know right um so I, yeah, I try to keep it reasonable, but there's there's people out there who will charge three hundred dollars for fifteen minutes. It's like, come on, oh, wow, great. that's wow. not okay. Wow. Well, I'm a firm believer that in order to share our gifts with the world, it is absolutely reasonable to have a reciprocation that allows us to sustain our lives. And whether it's this type of ability or an artistic ability, you know, playing the guitar or painting or, you know, it doesn't matter. It's there is a reciprocation. If you're benefiting in some way from somebody's services, gifts and talents, support them so that they can continue giving those services, yeah. gifts, and talents to the yeah. world. So, and is, this, uh, is this talent that you have something that develops like guitar playing over time? I mean, do you get better at it or were you born with this ability? Or So that's actually an excellent question. Um, so I was born with this ability and at first I didn't know that I was doing things different than other people. I just assumed everybody knew things the way that I did. Um, Mm. But it wasn't until I actually realized, uh, because, you know, when when I moved into the haunted house, everything started rolling back and I needed to learn what was going on with me because I kind of (laughs) thought I was losing my mind. That had to Um, be pretty Oh, man, I can't even imagine. It was the perfect storm because here are all my abilities. It's like somebody flipped a switch and all these abilities were coming back that I had kind of pushed into the background for a while. And we moved. 
and it's like, oof. Um, But um, I I was really lucky to grow up in a home that my mom was super supportive and very smart. And she's always had an interest in this stuff too. So she knew a lot about it, but she helped me learn about it. And Mm. definitely this, it's, it's an ability. The more I, I, I teach classes on intuition and I get this question a lot. So kind of what I tell people is that anybody can sit down and draw a house. Now, my mom or my boyfriend's going to draw this amazing, beautiful, artistic house with details and you'll see the shingles and me, I'm going to have to point to the front door to let you know what it is. You know, (laughs) I just, I don't have that. Now, if I practiced more, maybe I'd get better but I'm never going to get to Monet. It doesn't matter. I'm not, I don't have that level of ability, but that's not my forte. Maybe if I sat down to play the piano instead and I dedicated myself and I practiced a lot, maybe I could be amazing at it. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, the more you practice at it, the more, the, the stronger those abilities can get, but there are people who have just natural abilities that are stronger in certain areas than others. Mm-hmm. So um when I was originally talking to Lori, you know, I was telling her that in my intuition classes, I talk to people about psychometry, which is reading the energy of a person, place, or thing. And a lot of times they'll pick up an item and they see what they get from that item, what impressions they get from that item. Love doing it, super popular in my classes. I'm not good at it, (laughs) just not. And I don't know why. It's like I get this little mental block. As soon as I start trying, it shuts down and Mm, I, can't do it. I, I guess so. you're not the Dalai Lama then. No, no. <laughs> there, there are definitely things that are not my strong points, but that's okay. I have fun trying. So. Yeah. I I think it's so cool that you're, I mean, like, I guess there's all kinds of like sort of stereotypes around what it means to be psychic. And, you know, they're all like, you know, it's like, oh, they have this ability or that ability. and, And we don't realize it's like, yeah, and you're just as human as the rest of us with your own idiosyncrasies and gifts and talents and flaws and, you know, all of that. And I think it's just so lovely. And, you know, you you mentioned growing up in a haunted house and, or or having lived in one. um, And that obviously had an impact on you. And I'm curious if you'd be willing to share a little bit more about that impact and kind of what it, whether it did for you or sort of, you know, you know, what were the pros and cons, I guess, and and what, what is, what did that do? (laughs) Yeah. So um, I grew up in a family of four and we lived in this little bitty house until I was 10 and mom and dad decided it was time for us to have more room. And so we moved across town into this big old house that was built in 1937. So it wasn't even that it was super old. Um, But I had always shared a room with my sister prior to that. And for the first time ever, I had my own room. And it was big and it was beautiful. And it had this little alcove off to the side of it, which was interesting, but fun, you know, but it had a little sink in it. And I never thought anything of it. And from the time we started moving in, like I said, I was young, I had a bedtime. So I'd be in bed and my mom would yell up the steps, Kelly, get your butt in bed. You have school tomorrow. And I'm wake up from a sleep and like, mom, I'm in bed. She's like, you are not. I hear you walking around up there. You're sliding your chair all over the place. And I'm like, no, I'm in bed. And I had a walk. Oh, I'm dating myself. 
I had a waterbed. So <laughs> at the time, right? I just totally told everybody how I am. I'm with you. I'm with you. I loved it. It's all good. It's all oh, it good. Best. It was the best. But it they don't awesome. make any noise, right? No. So when you're moving in bed, it's not like they're sliding no. around on the floor or anything. So Sloshy it wasn't even yeah. Right. So finally, she figured one night she was going to creep up the steps and she was going to catch me. She was going to catch me in the act, right? So she crept up the steps, flung the door open to my room. I'm sound asleep. Sound asleep, you know? Um, mm-hmm. And I mean, that was just some of the things I would have. Um, our dining room was just always a spot that nobody liked to walk by. And then in my room, in the alcove of all places, was where. I just always felt like there was somebody there. And this was before I really developed my abilities, but I could tell there was somebody in the alcove. And then the animals would start reacting. They would growl and they'd hiss over at the alcove. And I would try my damnedest to get them to stop because they were scaring me. And finally, I'd look at the alcove. As a little girl, I was smart enough to look at the alcove and say, please stop, you are scaring me. And it would stop instantly. And the animals would look around like, where did they just go, you know? And it'd be fine the rest of the night. Um, I'm getting goosebumps while you're talking. Like, I just, (laughs) wow. And and the funny thing was, so come to find out, well, and there's so many stories I could share about this. Um, I actually, I still lived at home right after I had my first son and we had his crib in the alcove. And I would carry him upstairs, put him in the crib. I'd go to the potty and come back and actually tuck him in. And by the time I'd come back, he was already all covered up and tucked in. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. And so How sweet. That was in the alcove. And she was. She was. The lady that was in the alcove was um, a school teacher who had actually rented the upstairs. And the sink was in that little alcove because that was like her kitchen area where she had her hot plate and her, all of her stuff. And so she spent time in there making her meals and things. And she was very nurturing, very caring. Um, she was an English teacher, so she corrected my grammar a lot. Um, yeah. But you actually developed, you could actually communicate with her on a... Late, later in life, yeah. Not, not quite that early, because like I said, I kind of had to develop my abilities. Mm-hmm. And the, the mediumship side of it is something that I actually kept turned off for quite a while because it scared me. Okay, um, but this, there was kind of like a permission type or, or a development, it sounds like, it, with, with the house. It comes with that, that knowing. Kind of helped, that helped you develop your skills, it sounds like, though. Oh, absolutely. And if nothing else, it proved to me that there was absolutely something beyond just us. You know, something That's, else that was out there that okay. could and that, communicate and could interact with us. That is a, a, a question or probably an answer to another question. I, I, was, I was thinking is like, what would be the benefit? Of the, I mean, we're, so many of us are so afraid of this whole realm and we just shut down and just say, no, no, I'm not going to believe in that. La, 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 you know? Yeah. And, and it's like, what are the, what would you say, maybe in addition to that understanding, it, it are the benefits of having a, a, a more open relationship to the paranormal? And actually, before you answer that, we need to take a short break. Uh oh, we're there already. We can hold that thought. Hold that thought. And we will come right back to it. Um, Before we go, though, I have a quick question for our listeners. 
How are you expressing your unique gifts, talents, and voice with the world? We want to hear your story and help you reach our worldwide audience. So visit riseandshineasone.com to learn more about how you can be a guest. And coming up after the break, in honor of the other season going on right now, Election Day, we have a song from Ben Grosscup called Let's Build a Socialist System. Ben uses the power of song to amplify and accentuate the ideas and values of the transformative social movements he is a part of. Drawing upon activist folk singing traditions, he brings new songs to the rallies, strikes, picket lines, and virtual events where they are most relevant. He works with unions and social justice organizations to raise political consciousness and help people sing together for a common purpose. He performs a wide range of politically inspired music, most of which is original. Right after the break, you're going to hear Let's Build a Socialist System by Ben Grosskup. Stay tuned. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. In our changing world, how can you protect the self-esteem, confidence, and dreams of the children you love in just five minutes a day, even from a distance? To learn more about Uncle Mark's Best Indie Book Award-winning kids book, his music, and resources to support families, visit TrueSunbeam.com. And if you're an author or musician with a similar mission, learn how to be a guest on the Rise and Shine radio show. Visit Uncle Mark at TrueSunbeam.com. Are you a woman who's tired of staying silent and people-pleasing at the expense of your own health, wealth, and happiness? Discover the roadmap to self-confidence and freedom in Lorianne Rising's international award-winning book, You, Rising, Reclaim Your Life, Live Your Purpose. And if you're an author whose nonfiction or memoir makes a powerful difference, you're invited to be a guest on the Rise and Shine radio show. For books, resources, and show details, visit LorianneRising.com. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. We are 7 billion people. We all have hopes and dreams. All of us live under a capitalist regime. Some can make a killing. Others just get killed. We don't have to live like this, there's an alternative to build. Let's build a socialist system, make the dream come alive. We need a socialist system for the people to survive. Socialize the profits to help the people thrive. We need a socialist system for the people to survive. Seven billion people How can we all succeed? Not by competition For the basic things we need Not by exploitation Of our dwindling natural wealth We need a system that promotes Cooperation and health Let's build it Build a socialist system Make the dream come alive 
need a socialist system for the people to survive. Socialize the profits to help the people thrive. We need a socialist system for the people to survive. Socialism means institutions based on care for everybody living and for the planet that we share. Confronting every oppression in the places where they live. Ensuring justice in the ways that people take and people give. The dream of socialism is rooted in the heart and taking political power is an essential part. The rich will surely fight to maintain the wealth they stole. So we need organization to reach the socialist goal. Let's build it, build a socialist system. Make the dream come alive. We need a socialist system for the people to Welcome back. You're listening to Rise and Shine. And that was Let's Build a Socialist System by Ben Grosscup. Based in Greenfield, Massachusetts, Ben serves as executive director of the People's Music Network for Songs of Freedom and Struggle, a diverse community of singers, artists, activists, and allies that cultivates music and cultural work as catalysts for a just and peaceful world. While historically based in the northeastern United States, since the pandemic, People's Music Network has been hosting regular online song swaps involving artists from all over the world. You can find more information about this very active group of political music makers at their website, www.peoplesmusic.org. And to find more of Ben's music, you can look him up on YouTube. His name again is Ben Grosscup. That's G-R-O-S-S. C-U-P. You can also find him on Facebook at Ben Grosscup Music. Psychic phenomena has been talked about in a variety of ways throughout human history and across cultures, and yet it's often still considered unbelievable. We're here with Kelly McCarville, a psychic medium and paranormal investigator who's courageous and kind enough to be sharing her personal story and experiences today with us. And, uh, and we were just talking about the benefits to someone who maybe has not really allowed themselves an openness to the belief in the paranormal or what, what would you say, Kelly, are some of the benefits uh, or the, or the, in your understanding of maybe transformational stories, perhaps of someone who is not believed before and, and come to understand the realities of a, of a metaphysical (laughs) world um, in your experience. Yeah. You know, I think the answer is probably the same, both for people who are finding comfort with their own intuition and comfort with what they'd call the paranormal, which people usually assume as spirits and ghosts. Um, Mm. 
one, one of the biggest things that I think, I hope that we're helping people with is just helping people understand you're not crazy. You know, you're right. not crazy. You're not the only person out there. You're not, you're not alone in this. You know, there's so many people who come to me, regardless of whether it's, I've been, I've been having these visions or I've been seeing things, or I think there's a spirit in my house who said, I'm scared to talk to anybody. I'm scared to tell anybody. I don't know who to go to for all of this. And if I can do nothing but give them somebody to talk to so they know that they're not alone in this, then I'm happy to do that. You know, mm. um, I, like I said, I was really lucky that I had a mom who, when I could tell her, Hey, this is what I'm hearing, seeing, feeling. She didn't go, you're crazy. Stop your lies. You know, she'd be like, tell me more about it. But unfortunately there's a lot of people who they don't have that outlet. They don't have that person they can go to. And for the, for the paranormal side of things, unfortunately, society is doing us a disservice because if you watch the ghost shows these days, everything is telling you that, ooh, it's scary. It's something to be afraid of. It's demons. It's dangerous. No, right. it's not. It's people who have lost their fleshiness. They're just like you and me. They're not going to, most of them, hurt you. That doesn't mean that you're not going to run into a jerk on occasion who just is a jerk. But okay. So, so really along those lines, I mean, how much uh, would you say is uh, maybe put a percentage on it of, of what we're taught to be afraid of is actually maybe something we should possibly be afraid of? One in a million. Seriously? Um, that so rare? We, we were talking about this. So um, like I said, we were at an, oh. uh, paranormal ghost tours this weekend and we had three seasoned investigators sitting together and we the question came up you know are demons real and between the three of us we have been in thousands of locations thousands of locations searching these not searching out demons but trying to communicate with whatever spirits are there and not a single one of us has ever encountered a demon i've encountered some pretty mean spirits don't get me wrong I've had one of my very first investigations that I went on that I thought, ooh, I'm going to do this completely intuitive. Um, I had one back me into a corner before I remembered, hey, you're just a man without your flesh. I'm not scared of you, you know? Mm. Um, he's a jerk. He intimidated people. He abused women. He was not a good guy. Could he hurt me? Not really. Not to say that they can't, you know? I mean... I, I have a picture from, from one of the investigations I was on where you can see a handprint on my arm where you can tell somebody grabbed me from behind. I couldn't have done it myself because the fingers were in the front, the thumb was on the back of my arm. Um, so it was obvious I didn't do it myself. You had to have felt that. Actually, I didn't. You um, did not. So it was, it was a really weird experience. Um, this was a location that I've been in I can't even tell you how many times, maybe 25, 30 times. Um, and I was sitting outside a room of a spirit who has a really bad reputation. He has this reputation for chasing people down the hallway, especially women's and just being aggressive. Well, long story short, he was severely abused as a child, severely mm. abused as a child. And he doesn't know anything. He has some mental problems he doesn't know anything but to defend himself. So he's not trying to hurt anybody. He's trying to defend himself. 
And if you treat him as such that he's not dangerous and you don't go at him aggressively, he's just a great big teddy bear. So I was sitting outside his room and there's another spirit that's at this location that he's not as friendly. He kind of likes to take your energy and he kind of, I, I don't know, I wasn't paying attention or something. And he started kind of pulling my energy and the one spirit that that's my friend said, he actually kind of shook me awake and it was his hand that was the handprint because he was so apologetic for it the next time I was there. So anyways, weird story, I know, but, um, well, for, but no, for I, vast, vast majority, they're just normal people. They're just oh, like, absolutely. and it's, and it's, they're just stuck between worlds or something um, or, or no. how does that whole thing work? What's- Honestly, a lot of them are at the locations they're at because they loved it. You know, one, one of the um, spirits that we had at the house that I grew up in, he wasn't there originally when we moved in because mm-hmm. he wasn't dead yet. Um, when he passed away, he came back to the house because he absolutely loved that house. That was his house. He came to visit us after we bought the house because he loved the house so much. Mm. So he was there because that's what he loved. And that's a, the case with a lot of people. Or they're there because that's what they knew. You know, like the spirit I was talking about who was abused. It was a, it was a manner for people with, with disabilities it was his safe place. He was removed, removed from the abuse hmm. and put there and he was safe. As, as much as people would think being placed in a, in a home would be a bad thing for him, it was a great thing because the abuse stopped. So, hmm. so rather than, than moving on to the next phase of life, they go back to what they're familiar with, it felt good, that they're yeah. comfortable with, and they just decide to stay there instead. So would you say that on, in general, though, that, that maybe the majority of the spirits who are still around have kind of maybe similar letting go issues? <laughs> <laughs> so, and, and this, is kind of a, this is kind of a controversial topic. So again, I'm going to repeat before I start my answer. This is my truth, my understanding sure, sure, from talking you. to the spirits. Um, I, I have never once really heard of a spirit talk about being crossed over um, they're not stuck. The majority of the spirits that are here, they're here because they want to be or because it's what they're comfortable. They know they're dead. They've already gone through their review process. They found that peace. And now they're doing what they want to do because they're still people. They still have free will. Again, they just don't have as much flesh as we do. So, um, And is it for the majority, product, uh, most part, a, uh, a self serving desire or are they here to be of service to people kind of both um yeah it's kind of both you know um it's not unusual to have spirits come back and visit people because they want to check in on you guys you know you're going to have your family members that come back just to see how are things going and like um if there's a wedding, they want to see it. They want to see their grandkids that they maybe never got to meet. Mm-hmm. They, they, if family was important to them, you can guarantee they're going to come back and they're going to visit that family. So, or mm-hmm. they may come back when, you know, when people are having a really rough time with something, going through something hard in their life, they come back to be that support system still. Wow. Just because we can't, yeah. just because we can't wrap our arms around them like we could someone who's still here doesn't mean that that they're not still there for us. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm really curious. I mean, is it 
some I, I've heard that children are often more open or available or likely to see those who return or, or be able oh, to have a relationship. Yes. What? How so, come? Like I said, well, so everybody is born with that intuition, with these abilities. And what happens is throughout life, we're taught that we're not supposed to hear things, see things, know mm. things. So eventually we start shutting it down. But kids don't know that yet. Babies especially don't know that yet. So when they see somebody, they just assume that it's it's somebody, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, one of my favorite locations here in Iowa is called the Mason House Inn. And the owners have a, a daughter who has Down syndrome. It's the same situation. She doesn't, she doesn't know that she's not supposed to see them. And there's so many spirits at the inn. And one of them is her friend. There's one of them is her friend named Amanda. And when they first moved in, she kept asking her mom, why isn't Amanda coming down to breakfast? Why is it? She doesn't realize that Amanda's not real, you know? And so her mom's trying to figure out an answer of, well, why isn't this little girl coming down to, to breakfast? And she says, well, what she's wearing? Well, she's wearing her nightgown. Well, when she gets dressed, she can come down to breakfast. So... <laughs> That's a wonderful way to handle it. I I know when when my kids were really little, I I had heard somewhere that it's like, you know, if your kids are talking about a special Mm -hmm. friend or an imaginary friend, you know, it could be an angel or a guardian or, you know, some spirit. So just act as if that special friend is real. And allow them to have that relationship. And it sounds like that's what that family is doing with, with Amanda, which I think is just brilliant. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And they've embraced the spirits that are there. And, you know, kind of going back to the story of my son when she'd cover him up, it was a caring thing. And I could hear him laying in his crib, cooing at her and giggling mm. at her. You know, it was could absolutely see her and he wasn't scared of her at all because he was a baby and he didn't know that he was supposed to be, you know, and that goes back to such to to the question that Mark had asked. If we hadn't been taught that we're supposed to be afraid of them, we wouldn't be afraid of them. Mm -hmm. You know, I remember, I think I was about 10 or 12 or something like that. You know, speaking of, of some of these things you know, growing up a little bit different, I I remember my parents flat out telling me intuition doesn't exist. It's just one of those woo-woo things. And I decided they were wrong, actually. (laughs) I'm like, okay, you guys are wrong. I'm just going to hide it. Um, Well, of course, you know, the, the downside of trying to hide it is that you have to hide the results of it also, which means you have to shut it down. But I was at church camp one year and had a voice speak to me and it was outside of me there was nobody physically there and i that the, there's a story around it i won't get into it at the moment um but i listened to it and wound up sort of saving some of the other girls in in the cabin there um because i followed directions basically from this voice right. that was not embodied And I remember even being at church camp, being aware that if I told anybody how I knew, they would think I was crazy. And 
I right, never told anybody. You're <laughs> so, saying saving their lives? Or is, is this the saving you're talking about? No, not saving their lives. It saved them because what was happening is that um, we were all falling asleep uh, at night and that voice. So I, I guess it's a long story. Short the boys, version. what? What was Short that? Version. The short version. Um, well, the short version is the boys from the cabin were going to come in and raid the girl's cabin. The voice woke me up and I figured out what was happening because of that. And I wound up figuring out how to wake everybody else up because there were a bunch of girls in the bathroom that were getting dressed that were, you know, in a vulnerable position and it was, you know, the bathroom didn't have any doors. So if the boys came in, right, it, it was not going to be fun, you know, for a bunch of preteen girls to be walked in on. And so it was saving the embarrassment and ensuring, you know, safety really. Um, so, you know, but I mean, I was 10, 12 years old at the time, and I right. knew I couldn't share that with anybody. And so my question is, you know, I mean, obviously you would have been growing up different from the other kids. Right. How yeah. did you manage that? You had a mother that was supportive, but how did, you know, being at school probably would have been at least awkward at times, <laughs> I would think. You know, so. You yeah, you just have to be creative. And I'm sure that you were creative in that situation. And kind of my my friends, a lot of times just thought I was like, super attentive that I that I just noticed things easier than other people, because I'd be able to walk up to them and say, Hey, you're having a pretty rough day. Do you need to talk? And they're like, How do you know? You know, it's like, I just a feeling, you know, and sometimes that's enough to just say it's just a feeling or, or you can even to say you look a little sad, you just come up with something very non-distinct as an answer and, mm -hmm. and try to brush it off so you don't scare people. Because that, I guess, it's hard because you don't want to not, you don't want to ignore messages when you're getting them like that. And yet, you know that you have to be cautious how you approach somebody. Because if you walked up and you said, oh, I heard a voice that told me, Oh, yeah. Not only are they probably not going to listen to you, but if they do listen, it's going to be to laugh, you know? Well, exactly. And, and so, so, I mean, that kind of gets into then how did you decide to go public with your <laughs> and, and how do you use your abilities when, when you're doing the investigating stuff? It, it was tough, very honestly. So I was, I was um, in my early 20s when I finally decided to step out of the broom closet and let people know what I could do. Um, and it was terrifying because I worried that people would judge me. But ultimately, I, I had to live my truth. I had to be true to who I was. And it was a part of me that I had hid for so long and kept undercover for so long that when I finally said, if you don't like this part about me, that's a you problem, not a me problem. It was so much better. I figured out who I was, you know, yeah. Um and, and so now, you know, I, I, when I'm approaching, whether it's intuition or paranormal investigations, especially, I just tell people, it's not my job to convince you at this point. Mm -hmm. I'm going to tell you what I'm getting. I'm going to tell you what I'm hearing or seeing or feeling. You can choose to believe me or not. But even if you don't believe me, you heard it and it's always going to be there. So 
Right. I've, I've done what I needed to at this point. Um, and is there a, is there a technique or, or, or anything you have to do different when you're investigating? Uh, I, I would imagine it's a crime situation or helping the police <laughs> or that kind of thing. Um, so I, um, I haven't ever really worked on any cases with law enforcement to date. I've had a few situations where I've been approached. I just haven't yet. Uh Um, it's, it's a weird situation. So, (laughs) um, but when I'm, when I'm out doing just a, a normal investigation, I mean, typically what I'll do is I try to know as little about the location as I can to go in as unbiased as possible Mm -hmm. and see what impressions I get, see what feelings I get. And then I'll make note of all of that prior to actually uh, starting the investigation. Um, But, you know, kind of back to the story of the guy who's got this horrible reputation and I found out what the truth is. And I shared that with the owner of the manor and he now shares that story with other people now this spirit is having a better afterlife because rather than people going at him going, you big, scary, big guy, what you going to do? You know, now they're approaching him. Hey, I'm not going to hurt you. I just want to talk to you, you know, Mm -hmm. such a different approach for him and the interaction, not just for the people who are there, but him is so much better, you know? Um, So I, I just try to go in and find out the truth of, of, the the spirits and the locations and sometimes the truth is they're sucky people you know like the the right. orderly that backed me into the corner yeah that he's do. not a good guy he's just not you know mm. and I, I don't have anything good to say about him but so, but at least now we know and so like when we're on investigations at that particular location if i see a female start wandering down that hallway by herself without and, and this is kind of Lori going back to what you saying, rather than going up to her and saying, Oh no, no, don't walk down that hallway by yourself. I'll just mm-hmm. go with her. So she's mm-hmm. not alone because he's more timid when there's two of you. So, mm-hmm. um, or I'll just tell her, Hey, just keep your guard up as you're walking down that hallway and I'll keep an eye on her. You know? Um, I don't know. It, it's, yeah. it's hard to be helpful without intrusive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, so in terms of, of actually making it a profession is it is it mostly at these the the, the psychic fairs that you <laughs> this is most definitely not a profession um <laughs> the people yeah. who have figured out how to support themselves on this are they know something i don't um okay. i i most definitely have my muggle job still that i work monday through <laughs> friday eight to five um what? I, I love that term the muggle job that is so great <laughs> that is um, so great so it's it's completely opposite of what I do at night. So during the day, I am um, a cost analyst for an aero defense company, one of the largest in the world. So total number cruncher. Uh-huh. And then at night, I'm a psychic medium paranormal investigator. So, oh, so cool. you can't get much more left right brain than. <laughs> wow. Wow. The whole thing, though. That's good. It's a good balance. It's a good balance. <laughs> Man, we we could definitely keep this show going for quite a long time. I so appreciate everything that you have shared, sharing your story, sharing your perspective on these on on all of it. I think it 
it takes the the angst out of it. And I know my personal conversation with you was so helpful, and I am so grateful for that. And you did share details that surprised me, and so I <laughs> I am totally totally a hundred percent behind you and support you, oh, and would refer you, you to anybody who wants to learn more. And speaking of which, since we are at the end of our show, how would people get in touch with you if they want to connect with you about these? Okay. So I'm kind of all over the place. Um, So I am on Facebook under Kelly McCarvel dash Moonspinner. I am on Instagram and Twitter under Moonspinner 76. Um, I am also part of a paranormal team now, um, myself and my boyfriend under Traveler's Moon, which is also on Instagram, uh, Twitter, and Facebook. Uh, YouTube is Kelly McCarville. I've got a few videos out there from investigations and stuff. Um, Otherwise, you can look me up on the internet. I am mysticalmoonspinner.com. It's my website, and I try to keep it somewhat updated, but I will admit (laughs) I'm horrible at keeping my website updated. (laughs) That's not part of the analyst side. Got it. Okay. That's right. I know. All the contact information is there and it's correct. I promise. Wonderful. And we'll be adding your links to our website as well to make it easy for people to find you and and everything. And I, again, thank you so much for being with us today. It has really just, it's been insightful and heartwarming and such a blessing i really really super fun way to end uh you know the the halloween season is to be able to relax a little bit i like one in a million i'm gonna remember one in a million pretty that's 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 good and it's important to remind remind people even after halloween it's perfectly acceptable to be a little spooky (laughs) (laughs) i love it i love it thank you uncle mark and i are on a mission to create a world that works for everyone and uplift voices that aren't typically heard. So if you or someone you know is an author, a musician, or an innovator who's challenging old paradigms and opening hearts and minds, we want to help you reach our worldwide audience. So visit riseandshineasone.com to learn more. We've had so much fun today, and we hope you have too. To continue to create shows like this, we need your support. Connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn. It's easy. Just visit our website at riseandshineas1.com and use the links on the contact us page to find, like, and follow us. While you're there, click on Fan Club to access premium content, music, videos, extended interviews, and more that we don't share anywhere else. All proceeds raised by your membership go directly to creating great content for you and your family. Thank you once again for being with us today. Enjoy Mike's song, We Shall Be Free. And remember, until next week, wherever you are, there's always time for remembering to rise and shine. shine. (laughs) Take care. Thank you for listening to Rise and Shine. Please join Lorianne Rising and Uncle Mark Olmstead for another great show next Tuesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time and 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Until then, keep rising and shining. Sound of the joy, sound of the love, sound of the light. Sound of the joy, sound of the love.